Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters, and you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Listen, listen to me, God says, and eat what is good, and your soul will delight in rich food. Give ear and come to me. Hear me that your soul may live. Jesus invites, come, for the banquet table is now ready. If anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. Behold, I stand at your door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into them and eat with them and they with me. God is a God of invitation and the place where God often invites is to the table. Welcome to Redemption's Table. I'm Robert Barge, your host. And here we are in 2023, new year, fifth season, and we're getting off to a great start. Today we're talking to one of my favorite people on the planet, Steph Cherry. Steph, welcome again to the table. Thank you for having me, Robert. It's an honor to be here. Merry Christmas, because we're still in Christmas tide. Yes, we're about to have an epiphany. Yes, we are. <laughs> Maybe here on the podcast. Hopefully. <laughs> but for sure in two days. Yeah. The wise yeah. man. Yeah. I'm just now getting out my wise man characters uh and putting them somewhere because just because I know January 6th is the day. And uh but so many so many people have rushed back already. And I'm yeah. It's it's not time to do that just yet. No. <clears throat> just to be still and have hope. There you go. I want to talk to you about hope because you're one of the most hope filled individuals I know. And let me just kind of give the folks out there listening a little bit of rundown of who you are, what you do, um, you know, and what God does through you. Because I realize that when I look at this list of things you've got going on, I'm like, there's no way one human being can do this. But I also know the source of your hope. And uh, uh, you are the and I'm, I'm quoting from your Instagram, an Instagram uh, website. The Boho Table is kind of the focus now. It used to be Gomer's House. Right. But the Boho Table, uh, and you are listed here as the Chief Executive Officer of Kindness. Yes, I am. And the Taco Maven. Uh, yes, I make an excellent taco. Uh, you've had one. I have. Yes. yes. And I feel like if I could set our table today, rather than me talk, I'm great. It's great to be talking to you, seeing you live through Zoom there in your studio. Uh, but if I had to set the set the scene for our listeners of in my imagination, I would say, let's go under a bridge somewhere and sit down after you just fed however many people that are, are ordinarily fed through Boho Table. Tell us a little bit about Boho Table, what it what are you doing through that? What does that mean? Uh, even? What does it mean? What does it mean? <laughs> Boho. You know. um, it's like, it's short for Bohemian, you know, traveling people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I decided that like when we decided to regroup and rename, it was really, uh, I was like, I want to have a little fun. You know, I'm not just out there benevolently giving like I'm dancing under bridges like we're popping confetti we're having tacos we're passing out underwear I mean it's fun. <laughs> we're having fun we're hugging people and building relationships and um so I was like we need a little bit of a fun name and something that's not just 
you know, it's like I'm giving to you because they give to me. They give Mm -hmm. to me so much. Um, I, you know, in my crisis points in my life, um, they have really sustained me through just hard days. People praying over me, hugging me, um, you know, and they preach to my soul and people who live in tents or under bridges or in the shrubbery are like, God is good, Stephanie, you know? So it, it's it's been beneficial to me. So what we do, um, we obviously feed people, but the table is just a bridge to relationship. Uh, we also try to meet basic needs so that, you know, people feel loved and cared for. Um, but then beyond that, we try to um, offer counseling support, medical care to people. Uh, I do one-on-one counseling with different people. Um, just to try to help people get from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of people who are not going to get to point B and you just stand in the gap for them and love on them and um, encourage them and just give them blankets and feed them and be their friend. So that's part of what we do. I think it's incredibly awesome. Uh, I know you you are at two two primary points, one in Waco. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're in Austin and we do a little bit in San Marcos. Okay. And of course, Denby, your husband, is a worship leader at a church. Uh, is it yeah. New Braunfels or San Marcos? No, we're in New Braunfels. New Braunfels. Okay. Uh, and uh, has he ever sang Bohemian Rhapsody at, at the event? No. He can, My he kids can. love to sing that, though. Mm. It's really funny. <laughs> maybe you know i mean he's always doing covers okay i'll tell him he's just gonna look at me like i'm insane but i'll did, tell him he did purple rain you know yeah that's true so, yeah. okay i'll tell him yeah I'll tell him yeah see how mm-hmm. see where that goes in addition to doing this you are an artist you raise a lot of funds to support the ministries that you are involved in through your art and just an incredible artist. I noticed today on your, is it Etsy? Is that how you say it? On your yeah. Etsy account, you've sold 545 art pieces. Yeah. How many How many of those well, are commissioned? Um, a lot of them. Most probably have sold around 4,500 things Whoa. Um, in 10 years, maybe. So but um, yeah, most of that is commission. Most things are, um, interestingly, uh, a lot of people who are going through grief uh, or, you know, some kind of special moment, they usually reach out to me to commission something. Your your art is phenomenal. I mean, I mean, it's personally you. It's obvious it's you and you're not trying to imitate anyone else. I mean, that's what really... Is, is a standout among artists when you see that they are true to who they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. So um, you, this past year on Instagram, you have this thing called the hope cohort <laughs> uh, yeah. and you're where you're a hope coach, a counselor <clears throat> and another CEO. I'm, I'm assuming this you're the CEO of hope there. Uh, well, it's all, wrapped into one thing you know okay all under the same umbrella okay and you also have a personal you may not want me to share this uh that personal instagram how to grieve the living where you journaled Mm -hmm. your own uh experience through 
walking alongside your father uh, through dementia. That's a lot of people. It was something that kind of came to me. Uh, You know, I have lost three brothers to alcoholism and addiction. And then um, my uncle overdosed my, you know, uh, my dad with dementia, my stepmom's mentally ill has dementia, but like, it's that they, they've kind of left, but they're still here, but you can't relate to them. And I, I find that a lot in life, like people just, they're not, they're not emotionally available. They're not mentally available. They just cannot connect in the way that you wish you could connect. And so you have to grieve those relationships and allow God to make them into something else, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, cause they're not going to be what you wanted them to be, yeah. but they can still be beautiful. Yeah, and sometimes they won't be beautiful. They'll be, you'll have, you know, you have to walk away, but, um, for the most part, it's just, you, you want to stop and, okay, this is what it actually is. This is what we're actually dealing with instead of trying to put all this expectation on it so that you can move on to what it can be. Yeah. Yeah. We have to acknowledge where we are, what's Mm -hmm. going on. Right. We all bury things. And so sometimes it's not on the surface. Sometimes you, you know, pay attention to your dreams at night, you know, they, yeah, they speak. Your subconscious they, is the powerhouse. Yeah. And sometimes it's very poignant in what it says. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in addition to what I've already mentioned, you're a wife and a mother of three daughters, and you are a mansion restorer. Gomer's oh, house. Gosh. This this started with Gomer's house. Uh, yeah. The vision from, from that. You know, in my first question, you know, for Walt Disney, it all started with a mouse. Where did all of this uh, that you're involved in that God is leading you to be involved in where did all of this begin for you um well in retrospect I could look back into my childhood Um, my dad was just really generous and so if there was ever something going on you know people needed something or whatever he would get it and then we would go give it to whoever and um then growing up you know, under that, that channeled into me becoming a person who likes to love on people, right? You inherit, that's one beautiful thing I inherited from family. Um, But then losing my brothers, uh, when, so it's my, my second brother who passed away, his name is Mike. Uh, When he passed away, um, God was like, hey, I want you to do something with this. Don't just grieve it and feel it and all of that. I want you to do something. And he was a really like, it was just one of those people who you, everybody felt comfortable around. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like just really always smiley, very welcoming, had a very hospitable spirit. I was very shy. I was a shy one. So uh, I was like, okay, first I'm going to learn how to get out of my shell and I'm just going to go talk to people. Like I'm going to figure this out. And from that, God was like, yeah, no, I don't just want you to talk to people. I want you to invite them to come sleep over and invite them to your table. And you, I invited you over, like, 
16 years ago or so. I don't remember. Me? You're talking about me? Yes, you. Oh, yeah, yes, yes. After we uh, did you the- were the one of the first people invited over when we were in our little three-bedroom house. Uh-huh. And then uh, God was like, sell that. <laughs> and then he what... said, um, nope. <laughs> and so we had nine months. It was like we were creating this uh, spiritual baby until he finally said, okay, we can sell the house. And then we were homeless, of course, for nine months. I remember that season. Yeah. Yeah. And then we ended up, uh, we saw this three-story mansion in the middle of nowhere. And he says, that's it. And I just looked at him like, you don't even <laughs> like to change light bulbs. That's it. So, but here we are still going, you know, anybody wants to come help, I'll let you. Um, but it's a constant, a picture of my own restoration and healing through just years and years of trauma growing up. And so um, that we started here, we started bringing people here. We started inviting people to our table. And um, like you and I were talking about earlier, we're both INFJ. So we're highly sensitive to the feelings of others. And so I started noticing that about myself. Like I notice when people are hurting, like I can feel it across the room when they're not talking to me. Mm -hmm. um, and so I just like, okay, I want to figure out how do I love on that? Like if I can see it, I should be able to do something with it. You know, and I got a counseling degree, um, Christian counseling. And then over this last season, like we were talking about hope cohort, when my dad died, um, I just felt the Lord being like, okay, there's another step in this process of healing. Let's go figure it out. And so that's when I got a life coach. And then I was like, oh, I love this. I want to give it to other people. So I signed up for a life coach school, business school. Um, and I'm just, I'm just going to give this away. Like if people are hurting and I can see the road out, right. You're mm -hmm. like, I'm taking you with me, like get in the carriage you know, hop on the horse, uh, whatever. And we're going to ride out together. Even if I'm pulling you, you know what I mean? Like, uh, it's called co-regulating where we help other people regulate themselves by just being with them. So, um, I was, that's what I want to do. I got all these plans, Robert. I got all the plans to just love on people and not, not stay stuck myself. Yeah. Yeah, you said a carriage or a horse. I'm like, come on, come on, Steph. It's a bus. I mean, hop on the bus, Gus. I mean, you're. Honey, you're... that's that's not romantic. We gotta have some some like cahoots and some some Western themes, right? Exactly. But I'm also thinking the, the a lot of people because I believe God is using you, both of you guys, to help a lot of people. Um, I just I heard this on a another podcast a few days back. And back in uh, 2022, September 5th, 2022, according to the American Institute of Stress, about 33% of people report feeling extreme stress right now. Already knew that. 77% of people experience stress that affects their physical health right now in our country. And about 73% have stress that impacts their mental health. In other words, we have a huge mental health crisis in our uh, country it was already there, the pandemic or the new word, one of the new words 
one of the dictionaries, their word of the year is permacrisis, the recent permacrisis, uh, the, the crisis that never goes away. Um, it uh, just kind of brought all this to a head in a lot of people's lives. But it appears to me that hope is the signature on every facet of God's ministry through you guys. You're always pouring the wisdom of God and the hope of Jesus in everything you do. Here's my question. Your life has not been exempt from trauma. Y'all have been carrying a lot of weight these past few years. How do you personally pour out so much hope while going through deeply personal circumstances that are like being in a desert of hope? How do you navigate this to do all you are called to do? Where do you find the balance? How do you, how do you respond to that? I mean, um well uh to me so I, I went through a season where I didn't have hope like um there was so much trauma coming at me um that I, I mean it was embedded but it just wasn't <laughs> my body was shutting down like what you're talking about because of there was too much stress and my body couldn't handle it so I had to go and figure out and it took a lot of my friends too. like, we're going to minister to you through this season, like people bringing me food, you know, I'm not dying. I'm not sick, you know, but just loving on me, showing up, talking to me, um, being there for me when my Bible study gave me a massage, you know, like just stuff like that. But, uh, you know, I talk about Western themes, but so one of the things that helped me, um, when my dad died, um it was the day afterward and I was like I cannot stay here anymore I don't know like I'm just carrying too much weight yes I'm getting better I'm healing I'm doing all things but I can't sit here anymore and uh, I just I had this picture come into my brain of uh me and my dad in the old pickup truck you know I learned how to drive on a stick shift and when I was really little I would sit in his lap and I would shift the gears and he would pop the clutch. And <laughs> I had this picture of me and Jesus in the old pickup truck. And I was sitting there and I was shifting. You know, I was like, I know I want to go over there. Right. And I know I want to get over there. And I, I what, what is this going to take? And I just screamed out. I like outside. Jesus popped the clutch. And I felt <laughs> immediately like I started moving. And that, that really shifted my, uh, my daily routine because he kind of gave me the picture, like I told you, of life coach. And I've been a neurocycle with Dr. Caroline Lee and um, I do Christian counseling and I, you know, I do Bible study, I do all these things, but it started out this plan of, I spent about two hours at the beginning of my day doing all those things before I talked to anybody else, mm -hmm. because that, you know, you can't give away what you don't pick up. And so, um, uh, it's just something I have to do. Like if I skip it, I'm, I'm pretty useless. Yeah. Like I just, you know, you're running on yesterday's fumes. So um, that's, that's kind of how I got, how you keep going. Yeah. Yeah. And that's good. I identify with that. I spend two mm -hmm. hours every day at the start of my day. Mm -hmm. And if I get out of that rhythm and, and that, that all just, I mean, <clears throat> I didn't set out to say, all right, two hours. Me either. That's where it has grown to. 
Um, That's how long it takes. Yeah. And sitting there listening mm-hmm. to, um, to God, to the Father, to Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, opening up his word, listening, reading slowly. I don't operate well and probably never did. I don't know how anybody does. Some 10 minutes is better than nothing, but to do a 10 minute quiet time, you know, or to just kind of almost to, for me, that'd be like checking the box. Uh, Cause my brain is yesterday. <clears throat> you know, I just came back from visiting family in Texas and the day before was stressful travel day. And yesterday I was just kind of wiped out. But by the end of the day, here my, I'm like, oh, I'm going to read a hundred books this year. And I'm already, oh yeah, I'm going to do this. And I'm like, Robert, yeah, yeah. Just had to stop, slow down. Uh, and this morning, again, I kind of focused on that. It's like, God forgive me. I'm just, you know, but I do. I'm, I, I, I catch myself, oh, let's go, you know, let's move. And not without that two hours of fueling centering, listening. Well, so I, yeah, it's good stuff. I identify with that. Yeah. Uh, I feel like if you don't center, you just kind of swirl in whatever's happening. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't like that. No. Well, I read a book last year and it started from a quote from another author, but I read a book by this Japanese theologian, uh, Kosuke Koyama. And he says, God walks at three miles per hour. That's the, that's the speed he walks. That's the speed of love. And uh, that's also the speed that we as humans, if you're just walking, the average human being can walk three miles per hour. And I thought that I found that very insightful mm. um, just to slow down, ruthlessly eliminate rush. Something yeah, else that Dallas that. Willard said, and I'm just like, I'm constantly, okay, just to keep the balance there. So I like we're, that. we're in 2023. Yeah. Where do you see the year ahead? I know, you know, we, we make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. But we're right now sitting at this point, fresh year ahead. Hopefully our listeners are looking, you know, the same way they're already thinking, oh, what's coming up? What's new? Where's this year going? Uh, where do you see God leading you in 2023 as best you can see right now? Well, I'm a planner, Robert. I, I got a big wall calendar, you know, mm-hmm. for the whole year. And I made a list of just things I want to do. Number one was I we haven't really gotten to see Demby's grandma in a long time. Mm-hmm. And so Last year, I booked a writer's conference in West Virginia. Right. Um, just I was like, I'm going to book it, and then I'm going to figure out how to get there and all that. So we're doing that in March, but we're staying with Demi's Nana for, I think, 10, I can't, I have to look, 10 or 11 days around that. Wow. Because she's, you know, she's very important, and she has a lot of love and wisdom, and I was like, I'm number one. If you have someone in your family who loves Jesus and wants to pour that out on people, go let your kids sit at their feet. You sit at their feet. Let your husband sit with it. So that was my number one plan of the year. That's mm-hmm. in March. Um, and I'm doing life coaching school. So that I graduate in 
May or June. The graduation is in June in Tennessee. So I'm playing that. And then uh, also, we Dembe was gifted a trip to Israel um, wow. with, with our friends who own the tour company in Israel, Twins mm-hmm. Tours. Um, and so we're trying to, like, I already paid my deposit too, because next year we'll be married 20 years. So this is kind of going to be our anniversary trip mm-hmm. to in Israel with our friends. So um, that's the first things I planned. Then I went through and planned out all the events for a nonprofit. And I post note people all in my planner so I can be like, okay, I want to reach out to you all through the year. I pick 12 people every year um, to, I'm going to send you texts. I'm going to call you. I'm going to write you cards. I'm going to, you know, like, I'm going to check on your emotional well-being um, the best that I can, that you will let me, you know, <laughs> to those people. And if they don't, I just pray for them. So that's kind of like my overview. Okay. Where I'm at. And then I set, um, I don't know if you want to talk about the, our word of the year. Yeah, that's coming up. Yeah, I do want to talk about word of the year. Um, so I want to know your word of the year, but I'll tell you mine. Um, so my word of the year came from the sleeping at last song snow. Um, because I always am overwhelmed by the power of the edit, right? Mm-hmm. We can go back and we can rewrite, we can change, we can add in, we can put Jesus in, we can infuse every story that we have and see it differently. And so um, I was listening to this, the sleeping at last song snow and it, the, one of the lines and it says life without revision will silence our souls. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's it. That's what I want. I want the revision. Revision is changing things based on what you know now. And because I've learned a lot, right? Mm-hmm. We've learned a lot. <laughs> Unfortunate and fortunate. We've learned a lot. And so to change me, the mountain is you. There's a book called that. To change me into be more like Christ. Okay. I like revision. That's good. I figured it was going to be another word based on a question or, or, or based on something that one of her friends said to one of your daughters. Oh, my uh, revolutions revolutions yeah hey, to tell that story is just sweet uh my little friend so shy as she's 10 she has a little friend tilly who's also my friend she's eight and she was in my kitchen the other night after a sleepover and she said mrs cherry are you planning any revolutions for 2023 <laughs> and i was like yes i am tilly <laughs> <laughs> taco like, revolution yeah, just like that. I was like, I'm never using anything else again. Like revolutions is what it is now. Yeah, that's that's great. That's classic. To battle. Yeah. <laughs> well, my word of the year, and it came through a song too. And back up. Last year, I never had a word. Um, really? Yeah, I just never focused on a word. Last year to me was a year of questions. Um, and you know, still always looking for good questions, questions that resonate with me. But anyway, I was listening to a song over Christmas and, um, it's a song, uh, that was on my Christmas list, uh, playlist by Melanie, Melanie Penn, not that familiar with her. Uh, and, but I am familiar with the group that was backing her up the Arcadian wild. And, uh, she sings a song on Gabriel's visit to Mary. The song is called All Things Are Possible. 
and possible. You know, I've just felt the Lord confirm in my spirit, there's your word of the year. I think going back, I said I did not have a word last year. I still think it was weight. Um, mm. And that had carried over or a variation from previous years. And I don't, you know, I'm like, wait, I want a word now. You know, that was last year's word. Let's move on. But possible. Yeah. Yeah. So just, and I think I needed that personally because I've had a lot of doors just the last couple of years just seems like a, a lot of doors closed on me. And it was, it, and it re, um, I don't want to say reaffirmed. That's not the word I'm looking for, but it just caused me to go back and look at my entire life. And I'm going, oh, wow, what a pattern, because I do see a lot of doors that have closed. Uh, you're talking about the word outlaw earlier as one of your <laughs> former year, former years words, you know, yes. uh, and I identify with being the outsider. Uh, I, I don't have you watched The Chosen at all? Uh huh. Yeah. I'm oh. not up to date, but yes, we watched a lot of them. Of, of the. Who's your favorite disciple as depicted oh, I don't on the know. television show, The Chosen? I don't know, Robert. Okay. That'd be too hard to pick. That'd be hard. Yeah, they're great. The, the, I have to think about it. Uh, I can tell you who it is for me. Okay, you uh, tell me. It's Matthew. Okay. Um, and I'd never thought about Matthew's life, and especially the way, I don't even know the actor's name and the way he's portraying him, but it just, uh, his mannerisms, and I'm like, you know, I may look like Peter on the outside, but in inside, you know, I'm kind of, uh, I've got those, you know, kind of Matthew's like mulling over things. And, you know, uh, yes. and so uh, I'm like, well, I guess I'm a muller. So there's my word. I'm possible. A yeah, I'm a muller. Yeah. No, I'm, I will never have a mullet. <laughs> in Jesus name. In Jesus name. Please not. Don't call me to mulletism. <laughs> but uh, a muller. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm a muller. So I identify with Matthew. So possible and and that word's always already come into play and i want to go into that story over the air but you know it, not that there's anything to cover up it's just a long story about the way my day went on january the second so uh, but just that idea it's possible anything's possible it's mm-hmm. possible because it it was not only said then the a, the gabriel to mary but several times jesus said all things are possible uh, nothing is impossible with God. And even when he was kneeling in Gethsemane, uh, the night before he was murdered, crucified, uh, he he said, all things are possible. He, he told his father, reminded his father, spoke the truth that his father had already given. All things are possible. And if it's possible, would you let this that I'm about to go through pass? So that's my word. So I love it. How would you uh, counsel someone listening to the podcast oh, gosh. Uh, who, who hasn't even thought uh, about uh, a word for the year, about finding their word for the year? Uh, Any thoughts there? Well, people, you know, people do it different ways. Um, me, I just, I pray. Uh, but usually there's like a rolling theme going on. I don't know. Like for me, there's a theme going last year. Like we're going to change stuff. And we're going to go back like in part of coaching, you can go back and like you try to imagine yourself um, in situations and you place Jesus in the situation with you. Um, And like because a lot of trauma is the lack of a compassionate witness. Okay, so you go back and you put your compassionate witness in there 
and you go through all of that. But um, usually there's a rolling theme. Like I felt like my theme last year was like, we're going to edit, <laughs> you know? And my theme always, I have the underlying word of cahoots. Like it's just, word. we're in it together. We're not going. Mm-hmm. So um, it's a, it's a reminder one to be with people and two to always rely on the Lord. So you've got double cahoots, right? Mm-hmm. But like, I would say, is there something that you feel like God is telling you? And if, if you're not listening, that might be your word. Listen, um, but like, just start, sit down and be like, okay, what do you want to say to me? You know, and then brevity can take over. You break it down. Like mine was a whole little section of a song and it starts with like, a, you know, the table is set, which is the beginning line of the song. Um, and then he goes down into, okay, yeah, all these things are changing. We're going to change our traditions because everything around us changed. And then we're going to revise so that we can still have life and give life. So what is God speaking to you? That would be my, how do you start? And if yeah. not, just like, what do you want? Right? What do you want from 2023? Like, I'm you know, motorcycles. I don't know. Like you can make up <laughs> anything you wanted. Like yeah. uh, it, it could be something just simple or something beautiful or whatever. Yeah. That's good. And it, and it can be more than one word. Yeah. If you're crazy and you're so out of the <laughs> box, it could be more uh, than one word. Yeah. I, I may be crazy. I, I because Beatitudes, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about, uh, you know, this year wanting to teach the Beatitudes in a lot of different settings. That's kind of the heart's desire that the Lord has brought to me mm-hmm. back in the fall. And uh, coming into right before Advent, talking about peace, um, I revisited the Beatitude uh, about peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. Oh, the bliss of the peacemakers, for you will be called the sons of God or the children of God. Uh, that's where you will be most like God when you are a peacemaker. <clears throat> and just that whole idea. A peacemaker. Bliss, good huh? Word. Huh? Bliss. Bliss, yeah, yeah. And yeah, because you know, the Beatitudes are exclamations, not statements. Uh, and it's a purer word than, I think it was the Good News translation back in the 70s that translated it happy. Not a good word. Not a good word choice. Um, I don't think. I mean, yeah, yes. If you have bliss, you'll be happy, but happy's not the end game. And I think we've got a lot of people chasing happiness in a lot of different places, and not all of them are going to sustain uh, that happiness or whatever it is that a person is looking for. You're not going to find what you're looking for apart from Jesus apart from a relationship with God, which we're all created to have. Um, and uh, that's a, a truth we all all have to surrender to. Uh, and then when we surrender to it, watch out. It's uh, So I think peacemaker is a word <clears throat> because, again, that's kind of at the heart of what you're doing, what I'm doing, uh, what I feel like, and, and especially where we are in our culture, in history, of, of what is so desperately needed 
Uh, you talked about earlier, I don't know if you said it before we started talking, or I think you said it while we've been talking about seeing, yeah, you did. We seeing people hurting and going, you're, you're going out on a bridge toward that person who is hurting. And you're right. You can, if you've ever experienced brokenness, <clears throat> you can see it in other people. Oh yeah. It, uh, it illuminates them to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This empathy that awakens inside of you, especially if you let the Lord heal you, um, it, it just moves you. Like, I feel like sometimes I'm moving and I don't even, I didn't mean to get up, <laughs> <laughs> you know? And he's like, oh, we're going over there. Pop the clutch. <laughs> yeah, pop the clutch. You got no choice. Yeah. Always good talking with you. Uh, you're just a blessing. Uh, or or a blissing. <laughs> That's not a word, is it? Bliss. You're, it's bliss talking to you. Uh but uh you know, and I've mentioned to you before, you'd make a be a great co-host to the podcast. Just saying. So Okay, Robert. So twenty-three, co-host. Co-hosting. Well, we're gonna let Steph go. Thanks for tuning in today. And if you enjoyed today's episode, would you take just a moment to follow Redemption's Table on whatever podcast platform where you happen to be listening? I also want to say thanks to Steph's husband, Denby Cherry, because he provided our opening theme today. And one more time, because we're still in the Christmas season, it's Christmas tide. let's close out to Ross King's wonderful song, Bethlehem. Until next time. So when you're looking for a place to be born into life Where your power can heal and your love can revive And I don't know why you choose to be born into me And it's hard to believe and receive I'll let you in, I'll let you in Cause I got a heart like Bethlehem